Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz singer Rose Mallet. We caught up with her from her home in Palm Springs, California to discuss her new 2024 CD, Dreams Realized, Surviving COVID and Her Long Life in Music. She was born in Chicago and began singing in elementary school as a part of the school chorus. Her family relocated to Los Angeles and at 16, she formed an R&B singing group with three girlfriends. Years later, she was introduced to Marvin Gaye. From there, things would take off. Enjoy this interview. So Rose, it's great to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out. Before we get into Dreams Realized, I want to know, how did you survive the pandemic period and how has it changed you? Well, what I did to survive that um, period was I started a Monday night serenade on Facebook. So every Monday evening at about 6 or 7 p.m., I would broadcast live on Facebook and I'd do about an hour of music that I would sing to tracks right here where you sing. Uh, so, and that's how I did that. And and the following was great because they needed an outlet. And so that's how we got through it. That's how I got through it. Yeah. So talk to me, how, how does it feel to have this album out? Live shows are picking up, the world's waking up. How does all this feel for you? Well, it's wonderful actually, because now when the pandemic hit, I already had two residencies, uh, weekly uh, vocal residencies here in Palm Springs. And so, of course, that sliced it in half. And as I already mentioned, to fill that void, I did the Monday Night Serenades. And uh, now that it's opened back up, I've resumed my residencies and uh, and even picking up an extra weekly, um, I should say, a biweekly residency. So my world here in Palm Springs is really wonderful. I, you know, I, I, I can't say more to to uplift my own spirit. <laughs> yeah, it's been wonderful. So, what are you hoping people get from this new album? Well, what I I am a when I first started singing, I started singing only American Songbook. And then as I was working at my weekly residencies here, um, I found that my audience, this is kind of a tourist town. So I found that my audience was very diverse um, in their listening appreciation, their music appreciation. So I added to American Songbook a little pop, a little R&B, so that I could entertain anyone who was in attendance. And so this record or CD, I don't know what you want to call it, album, um, it kind of, um, it's a a reflection of that, all of those kinds of music being um, sung. If you you probably noticed, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of Broadway. So, um, but they are songs that I like, not songs that I think that other people will like, but, I find that if I choose songs either in performance live or recording, if I don't, if I choose a song because it's popular, it never works. So those songs on this, on this CD are songs that I really like. How did this journey begin for you into singing and jazz? How did all of this start? Maybe influences and things that got you in it. Well, now, Early on, when I was really young at age 16, I, I was singing with some, um, some friends at school. They were three sisters. And we were discovered by R&B group, Sam and Dave. They took us to Capitol Records to do a demo. And in the studio at that time was Lou Rawls and Martha Reeves of the Vandellas. 
they were really, really, really um, encouraging. And we were offered a contract. Well, um, the three girls who were sisters took this information to their parents and they were, yay, let's do it. But when I took this information to my mother, she took this to the pastor of the church of which I was singing in the junior choir. And he said, either you have to sing for the Lord or the devil. <laughs> so the Lord won. <laughs> so for many years, you know, and, and in hindsight also, you know, I'm thinking I was so young, so naive that that industry probably would not have been good for my spirit and my soul. So I don't have any reservations or anything like that about the past. But then after that, I met uh, Marvin Gaye and uh, my then significant other knew the uh, an engineer at Motown became very good friends. He was very influential, introduced me to Hal Davis, uh, a producer at Motown. I sang um, demos for him to pitch other artists. And then the jazz came along. I, I, you know, I almost don't know how that happened. I, I was singing somewhere. Somebody called me. They said, oh, could you fill in for somebody at this casino in Palm Springs? I did. He couldn't do it any longer. I started singing there full time. So, uh, and then it just progressed since 2015, I have been singing jazz. And as I mentioned, incorporated a little bit of R&B and pop. What, what, what are your feelings on the jazz community? It's, 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 it's a different kind of community. How, how has it felt to be a part of that community? Uh, it's, it's a very, it's a special community. I will say that. Um, and the love that we have for the genre itself comes from, I think, from inside out. Whereas I think other genres, I mean, I don't want to disparage anybody else who, who's really deep into other genres. But to me, it feels like they're doing it because they think it's going to be popular. It's going to be money making. But for jazz, it, it comes from a spirit because you really love the music. And also because it's very self-expressive, it gives you the opportunity to be improvisational with what you do. And out of that improv comes this feeling and this soul that is distinctly that person. You know, I had a revelatory moment in an interview yesterday. I had, I've had, i had several that have really explained jazz to me. The great Wandy, Randy Weston one time said that, because he used to go to Africa a lot, and he said, the thing about jazz is that it's like Africa. Everything swings. The elephant tail, the leaves of the trees, <laughs> everything swings. And when he said that, I was like, that's it. That's the whole swing. And then yesterday, yeah. I was talking to a young musician from North Carolina. And he said, the one thing about jazz is it's the one art form where whoever you see on stage isn't feening anything. They're 100% themselves. There's nothing. There's no image. There's no posterior. There's no air. They are genuinely in their art form. And yeah. that has to feel good as an artist. Well, you know, I, I sometimes I worry, not a whole lot, but oftentimes when I'm on stage and I'm singing, I close my eyes because... Inside, there's a picture. Behind my eyelids, there's a picture to go left, right, around. And so these waves are happening inside my spirit. 
And so, and that that's what comes out. And so again, what I say about jazz, it's improvisational. And so it goes with the flow of whatever you're feeling in that very moment. You can't usually replicate it from one performance to another because it's brand new each time. Yeah. So after all of these years, what do you love the best about being a professional musician? What gets you up in the morning? What drives you? <laughs> My ego. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. You know, <laughs> I, you know I, I just have fun doing it. I remember as a child, you know, singing in school chorus. Um, I, I would sing songs that in my neighborhood being, it was all black, but I would sing songs that were kind of nerdy, like the four freshmen and, and stuff like that in school talent shows. And they would laugh at me and I was so nervous, but for whatever reason, I am still doing what makes me feel good in the morning. So I can only say born being born at two pounds, seven ounces in a time where technology is not where it is today yeah. that I'm still here doing what I love. I can only say that it's just, it's a DNA thing. <laughs> so after all of these years and all of that, you mentioned Marvin Gaye, you mentioned a lot of names. What have you learned from these dignitaries and legends and luminaries that you in turn teach younger players on the bandstand? You know, what I love most is, is sharing what I what I've learned, just like you say, whatever I have learned over the years. My vocal coach, Mr. Phil Moore, who has passed on, was also Dorothy Dandridge and Marilyn Monroe's coaches, vocal coaches, at Universal Studios. And um, the things that he shared with me, also Diane Reeves comes from the same um, uh, vocal coach. What he taught us is so intrinsic in my spirit that I always, I don't even charge, you know, to teach or share what I know, especially with the young people. Um, it is just so important to me. I don't, I'm not sure if I answered your question correctly, you or, but um, I'm always so anxious and energized to share what I've been taught throughout the years from the different people in my life and music. So are you happy with how everything's gone? Are you happy with where you're at in your career? You know, I am. And I'm not in that I would love to, I don't want to bring any bad muju or juju <laughs> voodoo on what I'm doing now because it's very successful here in, uh, in Palm Springs. Um, but I would love to be able to share what I do uh, with other countries. I would love to do that and, and more so nationally and more so in festivals and um Again, and it's not for the fame. It's just for uh, sharing, sharing what I believe is the gift from the universe that's given me. I would just really like to have that spread uh, beyond Palm Springs. You know, anytime I hear that and I hear international performances, I think about Dizzy Gillespie and Louis Armstrong when they would go on those UN missions and they'd go to war-torn areas and they would stop fighting. Oh. So. You know, when you put it in that context of the universe giving us this gift of music, that's still this beautiful, mysterious thing. It's, it's nourishing. Yeah. And it stops wars. It makes people think clear. Yes, yes, yes. You know, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. So at the end of the day, why do you love jazz? Because it allows me to express myself 
the best. I mean, aside from the joke of my ego, it, it allows me to really express something that I get from uh, spiritually, I, sh I think, to say. I, I feel something very spiritual about it, and it feeds that. Jazz feeds that in me. So everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, but you are in control. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I think I'm a very spiritual person. I think that my purpose, not only in the, um, because I also, I'm also an entertainer in terms of acting. Uh, what I've been given in terms of a gift from the universe, I think it's just so important what we need, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And, you know, watching the Grammys the other night with, um, with Tracy Chapman and and I'm gonna forget the guy's first name. Home, that the country western singer. Oh, Luke Sing Luke Combs. Yes, them yeah, singing yeah. together. Oh my God, that brought chills. That was wild, wasn't it? Over me because it was more than just the song. It, it, it was, and you could see it on his face how he just loved that music, and she was so appreciative and honored. It was it was that um, that sharing of the the spirit between the two of them at that very moment between different races and genres of music, that's what it said to me. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's so special. Yeah. I haven't watched the Grammys forever. For some reason, I just sat down and started watching it. I was like, "That is that Tracy Chapman? And then it was like, <laughs> who's this dude over here? Like, I, it was just like, the whole thing was like, wow, that's that's pretty. And just the way they ex he explained how he grew up with that and no one had seen her for so long. I mean, that crowd, when they saw her, it was just like, like corn was popping up out of the ground. Vegetables <laughs> were flying. Everybody was clapping and crying and yeah. it was cool. That's the spirit that I'm talking about. That's yeah. what I want to share. That's what I want to create. So that's, that's why it's important to me. Yeah. And this, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you're good. You're good. I, I was going to say the last song on the uh, CD, if I never sing another song, is a message that says to me that if I never sing another song, I'll be okay. But in the meantime, while I can, yeah. <laughs> I want to keep doing it. You know? Sing the song. That's right. So <laughs> speaking of Dreams Realized is the latest album. If anyone wants to get the album, see you live, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, you know, my uh, website calendar is available. Uh, my name, Rose Millette, I pronounce it Millette, uh, dot com. So uh, my calendar in terms of performances are there. Uh, purchases of the, the, the music is available on most streaming platforms. So Amazon, uh, iTunes, uh, music, that kind of thing. So you can purchase it that way. Excellent, Rose. This has been wonderful. You're delightful. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your story. Best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Chess interview. We give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Chicago, Palm Springs, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Rose for her class and story. If you want to hear more Neon Chess interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. on jazz.